joining us on the broadcast today. My name's Daniel, I'm one of the pastors here at Destiny. What we're going to do just before we start is we're just going to pray together. So if you're in the building, why don't you stand with me? If you're at home, why don't you stand with me as well, if you can? And uh, let's just give this time to God as we come and honor him this morning. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you that we can gather as a church to come and sing your praise and worship you, Lord, but also that we can come and be fed and hear some great messages here as well. Lord, we want to hear from you today. Let our hearts be open to whatever our apostle Ian wants to say, whatever you've given him to say, Lord. Let our hearts and ears be open and receptive to that. But right now, Lord, what we really want to do is we want to magnify your holy name with our lives, Lord, but right now, together as we sing sing some praise and worship to you. Be glorified in this place this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on then, everybody. We're going to sing some great songs together. We're going to make sure he's glorified today, and we want you to sing nice and loud because we know you know all the songs. He is worthy to be praised. Come on, let's do it. Free to live, free to give, free to be 
Nothing can stand against the power of 
God and Jesus is Lord. He's our Savior. If you want to sit down, you're welcome to. You can stay standing if you're fitting well and you want to dance around while I'm telling you what's going on in church life this week. <laughs> welcome if you're here for the first time. It's absolutely great to see you. Hopefully on the way in, you were given a warm welcome. Um, there's, a brochure, there's a little data card inside the brochure. It'd be great if you fill that in and pop it into the offering bucket. There's always an offering bucket near this door, fire door here, and near the entrance on the way out. If you'd like to give your tithes and your offerings, then you can give it with a cash or check, or you can pay online, or we have a card machine as well. Just ask one of the cafe staff. Okay, and I just want to say a big thank you from God for all your tithes and offerings, which you keep uh, generously donating to our church here, and then obviously to support missions as well. That's absolutely wonderful. God bless you all. So the diary this week, just to let you know, Tuesday we have a prayer group meeting at 10 in the morning. Uh, then we also have the cafe open, 10 till 1. And uh, this week we've especially theming it because it's the Platinum Jubilee of the Queen. She's been on the throne for 70 years. Can you believe that's a long, long time? So as, as part, part of our fellowship time, we'll also celebrate the Queen. That's on, on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday evening, you are all welcome to come and have your tea here. So we're opening the building from five until about, about eight o'clock. And there'll be some hot dogs and hamburgers and jacket potatoes. And there'll be stuff that you can also buy from the cafe. But uh, all of that food is free to you as a fellowship time. But what we'd love you to do is pop something into the uh, into a missions bucket because don't forget we're continuing to support um, the transportation of refugees in Ukraine and the, the housing in Poland for the refugees from Ukraine and all of our other missions too but that's obviously our focus right now is to help them through as well as our ongoing support of the school and the orphanage in Malawi and the Bible school in India and 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 <laughs> so um, you know we, 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 we like to share our money around wherever we can and uh, you, you, you know that we try to send us 
100% across whatever you give like to Ukraine we send it all and then the church here supports all the bank charges etc so uh, keep giving uh, whenever you can so but on Wednesday come if you have no money it doesn't matter just come and enjoy a burger there's there's no shame you don't have to put anything in a, in a pot you don't have to say can I have a free one just come and enjoy your time together on Wednesday anytime after five o'clock uh, that'd be absolutely great all right then just let me uh, remind you then about a couple of other things. So next Wednesday, we haven't got our Bible teaching. We're having that fellowship time instead. But the Wednesday after, we're starting a brand new series, and it's all about Jesus. You're going to get to know about Jesus. All right, so then... I don't need to keep telling you more about that. We do have an email that you can uh, subscribe to, which has all these bits of information on. All right, and then just to highlight to you, and ladies, if you want to come and talk, talk to me about it afterwards, you're more than welcome. We have a clothes swap coming up, so that's time to uh, renew your wardrobe, ladies. And we'll have a, we have a fun evening together, and it's on Tuesday the 14th of June. Come and chat to me, and I'll tell you how it works. And then on Sunday the 19th is Father's Day. So uh, we call it, it it's... In the UK, we're celebrating Father's Day. In the building here, we celebrate Men's Day, okay? So, because um, every man has a father's heart, and just like, like our Lord Jesus does. All right, so that's a special day for you guys on Sunday the 19th. But right now, Annette, can you come and tell us what's happening upstairs today? Hi, I'm Annette, and in Sunday School today, we are doing all about Noah's Ark. So we're going to be thinking how amazing God is and how he provides for us even when time is tough. And also thinking about how smelly it was on there with all those animals and all their poo. Because I know when I clean my guinea pigs out, it stinks after a week. So imagine all that time with all the animals. It's going to be fun. So when the, it comes up on the screen, um, it's time to come out. It's a yellow sign. Come and meet us in the mine hall and we'll take you upstairs. Very good. Come on, let's stand together again. I'm sure the kids are going to have a great time this morning. Do you know what they do? Um, our children, they always have a, a fantastic stories and fantastic activities. But did you know they also spend a, about 10 minutes singing and worshipping as well? Isn't that awesome? And so they get to do it in here with us right now like we're going to do again. But they also get to sing some songs to Jesus out there as well. This morning we're going to continue to do that because what we're going to do is we're going to sing a great hymn. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. And I can't encourage you enough this morning to just give it to him. You know, whatever we're feeling. That last song said we're going to lay our fears at his feet and we're going to lay our anxieties at his feet. And this morning, whatever it is that we've got, come and give it to him. But also come and give him your praise. Just take this moment to, of all the things that have been going on in your week this week. Just take this moment to take a breath and come to Jesus again and say, Lord, I'm going to praise you this morning for all you've done and every blessing you pour out constantly on our lives. He deserves it this morning. So come on, let's sing it together. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored,
lift up your song to him today. Tell him he's worthy of your praise this morning. You are worthy of our praise, Lord. We're gonna stop praising his name now and forevermore. We're never gonna stop praising your name. He's an awesome, he's an awesome God. Yes, he is. He's deserving of your praise today. Come on and lift your voices. Tell him you love him this morning. How we love you, Lord. Oh, how we love you,
So if you'd like to take your seats, he's got a great message for us this morning, entitled Surprising Grace. Come on, let's welcome him together. Life is full of surprises. <laughs> Some surprises are good. And some surprises are not so good. But actually, life is full of surprises. Living in Britain, it's no surprise that you get up on a summer's morning and it's as cold as it is this morning. <laughs> it would be a surprise if actually we could string two or three or four days together that were sunny and nice, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah? I know you're still sat at home watching this and you've still got your pajamas on and it's all nice and warm. Central heating, I guess, and a coffee to hand. And thank you that you did join us. We are really, really glad that you are online with us today. Thank you very much. But, uh, oh, you should feel it in here. It's great here. Nobody with pajamas. But great people gather together for the, for the glory of God. And then, and then they're coming again in the second service. And, and, you know, second service is just incredible. They fall right to the top seat all the way up the gallery and everything. And, but it's the same God, and it's the same blessing. And I don't want to say this out loud, and I know that I'm not talking to many people today <clears throat> across the world, but actually, if the blessing comes and it gets divided amongst the number of people that are here in the first service, compared to the second service, guess what? You're going to go home with more. <laughs> uh, that, that's, not, that's not real good theology, but... Uh, but you may as well eat well in this service right now. And, uh, and if you didn't eat really, I mean, you can always stay for the second one anyhow, which is, which is a great thing. Surprising grace. Why didn't I call this amazing grace? That's what you would expect me to call a message like this, amazing grace. Well, the reason is that actually there are some things about grace that are surprising. I think you're going to get surprised today. Because when you think about amazing grace, we think of the cross, we think of the Redeemer, we think of the Jesus who loved us and died for us and gave himself for us so that we can have the eternal life that we enjoy. And most, most we think about that incredible hymn, Amazing Grace, that saved a wretch like me. Thank God for that grace. It's called saving grace. Okay, there are... In the Bible, it categorizes different sorts of grace. And that one is referred to as saving grace. Let's have a little bit of a de definition time, shall we? And let's talk about what grace is. Well, grace is that favor that God shows us that we didn't deserve. It's when God chose, because of nothing that we did... Nothing that we earned it, nothing that we deserved it, but God chose to say to me and to say to you and to say to you sat at home this morning or wherever you might be, I am going to choose to bless you 
to help you, to intervene in your life, to do something for you, and you did absolutely nothing to deserve it. That's grace. Grace is, it's generous. Grace is kind. Grace is loving. Grace is undeserved. Grace is free. As far as we're concerned, it cost him everything. <laughs> Not just salvation grace, if you like, or saving grace. We think about the cross as costing him everything. But there is a grace that is way beyond that. And if, if beyond is the right, the right word, but you'll get to understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the heart of God is grace. The, the very nature of God is to want to undeservedly bless you, help you, provide for you, give to you, and, and just do something for you. I read this definition a couple of weeks ago about grace from a, from a theological tone, and it said this, God, like grace is God intervening with favor in our lives. I like that. God intervening with favor in our lives. There are times when me and you have been in a fix. We've been in a difficult time. We've, we've maybe had financial issues. We've maybe had relational issues. We've maybe had health issues. We've maybe had work issues. You know, we all face issues. In a destiny, we don't call them issues. We call them stuff. We've all faced stuff. And in the middle of our stuff, you can do one or two things. You can either just say, woe is me, I'm, I'm overladen with stuff. Stuff's getting me down, stuff's hurting me, stuff has robbed me of my future. Or we go to God and we say, oh God, you're going to have to help me in this stuff. But we do it sometimes like we are trying to put God's arm up his back and saying, people did it in the Bible when they came to Jesus, if you want to or if you can can you help me you know i'm blind can you help me well of course god can help him and, and of course god can help you in whatever moment it is that you come and ask him for his help he is a god who is more than able but sometimes in the middle of our stuff we still get the thought that god might not want to bless me because and then we write the rest of the sentence and the, the other side of because, we say, well, it's because I didn't do this and because I did do that and he was not, and because, and because, and if only I would have, you know, and we feel like if we could only mark up a decent enough score in the mind and heart of God, we would qualify for something called his blessing. Well, I want to tell you something. Grace is nothing to do with him giving you something because you earned it or deserved it and there's no score that you or me could ever get that would put us in a place where we could go to God and say um, how many of you got a loyalty card for somewhere okay you got a I've got a Starbucks loyalty card but I think the cafe connect is always the uh, the best coffee of course but beyond that, I've got a Starbucks loyalty card. And I love it because about every sixth cup of coffee, I get one free. And you know, that's the time to go and because you just get a cup of coffee. This is, if you're from Starbucks and watching me now, you're, you're rumbled because 
don't just go and buy a small, cheap one because they, it's a free cup of coffee, whatever it is. So you go for the biggest and the best with everything loaded on it. <laughs> and when you show your loyalty card to them, guys, you get a certain sort of feeling, don't you? <clears throat> you know, I got something here, but you then remember that at the end of that cup of coffee, you go back to zero. And you've got to start earning it again. And then you remember every time you pay a little bit more for your coffee than you think you should. You think, never mind, I'm earning myself a free cup of coffee. That is not grace. That is a marketing trick that gets me every time. It takes me six months to get a free coffee. Not. It takes me about two weeks, I think. But you know, when we come to God, there's no such thing as a loyalty card where I earn some moment where I can flash my card at God's drive-through kiosk and say, God, you owe me. There's no such thing. Because grace is the management of heaven. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made an agreement that they chose to bless you and me and to help us in the stuff of life and to heal us when we are sick and to provide. See, it's surprising grace. It's not just about my sins are forgiven, oh hallelujah, but the rest of life, you know, I'm really going to have to get my brownie points on my loyalty card. Of course we need to be loyal to God. I'm not saying that. Of course we need to respond to what God has asked us to do. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to God's favor, I am saying grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. That is what grace is all about. There's a few verses just to establish this now in the whole thing about definition here. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient. Say the word sufficient. sufficient. Does that mean less than is required? How many of you went and painted a room one day and you thought there was enough paint in the pot to get all the way around and there was half a wall left and how many of you know the next pot of paint that you buy isn't quite the same color as the previous one no God's grace is sufficient how many of you driving an electric car didn't quite get home on the battery I'm, I'm told by people who are driving electric cars, and I know there's quite a few of them are, that there's something called, is it called battery stress or something or other, that when you're driving you think like, will, will I get home, will I get home, will I get home, will, this, will I get home, will this be sufficient? Well, I just go to the fuel station and just put some more in, but you've got to go to Starbucks and plug in and buy yourself a coffee. Why it Sufficient is enough, isn't it? Sometimes when you're eating dinner and Rachel's cooked something amazing and you think like, I could eat more. <laughs> but actually, it's sufficient. God is, His grace is sufficient. There is no need that you or me have in our life that grace isn't sufficient for. God will never give you less than what is needed in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 says this, and God is able to make, don't you love that word? Son, say it. All, All grace. Not, not a, a little meagerly measure, but all grace. 
You know, the, the church down the years has preached a message that is so far below what the grace of God really is. It's all been about just measuring out a little bit, you know, and, and it's like meager. No, God is not a meager God. He's pressed down, shaped together, and running over. God is more. He's all, all grace. And then, if you didn't get it with the word all, think of the next word after grace. What does it say? Abound. Make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What an incredible verse. We should not be living a meagerly mouthed, little, small, being restricted in a box life when grace opens the world of abounding. No matter what it is that you're facing in the stuff of your life right now, I want to tell you, grace makes is abounding to you in all things at all times. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, It is by grace that you've been saved. Hallelujah. How did the, what was the key to opening the grace door? Faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. You see, I was been thinking a great deal about the, the twin thing here, about faith and grace. Because it's really important that we get hold of both of these. You know, by faith, we believe. And if we believe, we will receive. So that can put inside our minds sometimes that the onus to the door opening is got to do with us by our faith. And the Bible does support that in places that say this man didn't get what he did, what he was deserved because of his unbelief. So that puts us in the place that actually faith is the key to it all. The problem with only thinking about that, it's a one-handed thing, is that when my answer comes, I think, what a good boy am I? What a good boy of faith am I? It was my faith. No, it's nothing to do with your faith. What your faith did is accessed the grace of God because before you had faith the grace heart of God had already decided that he wanted to heal you wanted to bless you wanted to bring you through wanted to give you a brand new day that's the heart of God faith is only what actually brings us into the place where we look to God rather than looking to ourselves and we say and that's why grace and faith fit together so beautifully that we need to be people of faith but we need to understand when we're reaching out in faith that it's, we're not trying to deserve it. and we're not, we're not trying to get ourselves to some sort of level of faith. We're, we are approaching the grace heart of God. Isn't that amazing? God loves you. And His grace is absolutely awesome. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says this, And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, I really wish that bit wasn't in that verse, don't you? <laughs> Will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. In the end, I do like that verse because if I hadn't seen after you've suffered for a little while in that verse, I would think that I was the, the biggest rejected sinner of all time because I've suffered a number of times. And I would say, what's wrong with me? And then I read a verse like that, and I remember, actually, it isn't that God saves us from all of our problems. He saves us through them. 
It isn't that God says, you will never face. Come to Jesus, you know, and everything's going to be wonderful forever. World to that end. Amen. Every time you fill in the lottery number, he's going to make your numbers come up. <laughs> it's, it's nonsense. Sometimes we will, even Psalm 23 has it, doesn't it? That we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But in it, we will fear no evil for you, your rod and your staff. They're with me and they're going to comfort me and strengthen me and bring me through. And when I've come through, I'm going to sit at the table prepared for me. And goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days. Oh, they're going to follow you all the days. You might have thought, you know, I don't know what lies ahead. It's going to be a bit of a tough journey ahead. No, I want to tell you what's ahead if you will only tap into the grace, goodness and mercy. And how are those coming to you? Because you earned them. No way. They're coming to me and you because God decided. I've said to God sometimes in my prayer life, I've said, Lord, I wonder if you ever regret <clears throat> having chosen me. Because I failed you here and I was weak there and I'm sure I didn't quite come up to your expectation there. Don't look at me like that. We're all in the same boat at that, aren't we? I'm no different than you, you know. I have challenges like that, and I come to God and say, oh, I wanna, you could have chosen somebody better than me, somebody more. But God doesn't have regret. You know why? Because when he chose me, and when he chose you, when he decided to make the measure of grace sufficient. Do you remember that? Grace for you. He already knew it. And still decided that actually he's going to love you. Isn't that awesome? Do you know we need to really understand that. And let that drop in our heart. God chose you. Knowing the whole story from the end to the beginning. And still thought to, to share his grace and his love towards you. Absolutely awesome. See, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10 says this. I am what I am by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, we talk in the world, don't we, sometimes about a self-made man. We're not self-made men. We're God-made men and women. We, we are who we are. We stand. Today, we stood in the presence of God and worshipped because we are worthy. No, no, because he is worthy. We didn't stand here, you know, because I, I sang worship to him because I've got an amazing voice. I don't care what sort of voice we've got. The thing of it is we need to have the right heart. And we just do it and we do it back to him because he, we love him today because he first loved us. That is, it's surprising grace. One last verse and then we'll just expand a little bit of something before we whiff through. Revelation 22, 21 is the last verse of the Bible. And nobody's going to write verse 22 because the Bible says you're dead if you try and add anything to the Bible. <laughs> so this is the last verse of the Bible. Revelation 22, 21, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. And amen means so be it. The grace. That, that's, the last, that's the last word on it. You know, when eventually our esteemed queen breathes her last, <clears throat> whatever it is that she said last, There'll be a TV program made about it, won't it? You know, and, th and these are the last words of the Bible. 
And the last words of the Bible are, grace be with you. Now, surprising grace. Just come on a little journey with me. There's a couple. They've had the wedding planner in. Everything's amazing. They've got their best wedding sorted out. They've got their guest list. And on the guest list, there's somebody called Jesus. And his mother, Mary, and a whole bunch of other people. And everything sorted out. Wedding planner got it all sorted. Until the wine ran out. <laughs> Disaster. We had a golden wedding here yesterday, and uh, thank you to everybody that came to help for Colin and Denise, and uh, the, the, that was the, that was their their party that they were having here, and and I could see the caterers keep coming to look at the table. Will it last? Will it last? <laughs> you don't want to run out at a party, particularly in those days, maybe these days too, at the wine. Surprise, surprise, the grace of Jesus Christ stepped in to their lack and in an incredible moment of telling these guys, fill those pitchers full of water and now pour water out into those glasses. I mean, Mary, she had it, didn't she? Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And she hadn't seen him do miracles because this was his first miracle. She hadn't seen him do that before. It wasn't like, yeah, he's, he's done, he does this at every wedding he goes to. He, he, never, he, never, he never does his first miracle. That was a real statement of faith, wasn't it? And they poured it out and they came and said, you kept the best wine until now. That is surprising illustration of grace in action. Why did Jesus do that? He did that because he was blessing the people who were right in front of him who found themselves in a place of need and he stepped in. And met their need. You might find yourself in a place of need today. God wants to step in to your moment of need. And you know what? You might feel like you've got nothing to add. You might feel like you've just got a jar of water. God says it's okay. God's touch on your water will turn it into vintage wine. God's touch into your situation will turn your lack into sufficiency because it is surprising grace grace is the undeserved it's not just about your sins forgiven it is about God stepping into intervening do you remember that definition that we talked about earlier on it is God intervening with favor in our lives and this moment was God intervening with favor in the lives of a young couple just starting their journey of marriage together they'd have a story to tell you imagine years later they're talking to their grandchildren and say, oh, you should have been at our wedding. Can you imagine? I mean, what a story to tell. I mean, it must have been an awesome story to tell. I mean, most of the people who were at that wedding with that amount of wine mustn't have remembered it, I think. <laughs> but that husband and wife, they remember. That, yeah, husband and wife, they, they remembered it. What, what about another incident? Do you remember there was a woman caught in adultery? You can read about that in John chapter 2. Or there's a woman that was caught in adultery in John chapter 8. And the, the Pharisees and all the religious people of the day found where Jesus was, pushed her, you know, they must have pushed her into the room and said, this woman accused her of being caught in the act of adultery. And then they threw the law at Jesus and said, she deserves to be stoned. 
I was a pretty much, I think the womb went very quiet even before Jesus spoke. And Jesus said, okay. Uh, well, whoever here is without sin, cast the first stone. Pregnant thought. And she suddenly, I mean, she must have been, she hadn't, she hadn't read the story, by the way. This is happening real time for her. She went, what in the world? She must have, I don't know what she was doing, but she was expecting stones to come from behind her from all these religious people. Isn't it funny how religious people can really condemn? Judgmental. Sometimes they can be worse than, than unreligious people, can't they? Hurling stones of accusing. And, and well, anyhow, the Bible says that from the oldest to the youngest, they all snuck off through the back door. They went out through the fire exit, let me tell you, the one after the other after the other, and eventually Jesus lifted up his eyes and he went, oh, where have they all gone? And it was just Jesus and the woman. And then he, he said these incredible grace words, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. That's grace in action. See, grace doesn't judge us because of our past. Grace opens a door to a blessed future. Grace deals with the issue and says, okay, the past is the past and we need to face it. But actually, from this moment on, grace gives us the opportunity of a new day. Grace gives us the opportunity to take a step forward. And that woman must have walked out of that room feeling so different than she when she walked in her head must have been down she got all this rowdy religious rabble saying accuse this woman she needs to die and she walked out well i think that she must have seen some of those religious people that day or the next day they lived in a small community she would have known every one of those men that stood and accused her and she knew what happened I've got an imagination, you know that, don't you? And this is not Bible, this is Ian. But I think that when she met those guys later on at tea time or the next day, when she was walking down the room, and they were walking down like this, they were probably doing something like this, you know. Uh, I think she went up to them and she went, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> You see, grace gives you the light of a new day. Grace gives you the opportunity, even though she perhaps naturally would have deserved the judgment of God, grace, gives you, gives to you, the opportunity of a brand new day. <clears throat> there was another surprising grace moment. There was a guy who was not, he was unwell and Jesus was in town and he was in a, in a room and he was teaching everybody and, and they took this friend on his bed. Four guys, four friends took this, like you, you can read about it in Luke chapter 5. And they decided they're going to bring this guy to Jesus and when they got to the door, they couldn't get in. They were not going to be stopped. Up the roof they went. Tiles came off. I mean, when Jesus was standing there, all the plaster must have started dropping in. I don't know. This is full, but right. I mean, they worked it out and came down, on, and the bed arrived right at the feet of Jesus. How inconvenient. If that had been in a modern church, the welcome team would have... I mean, it was a shocking moment. It was an interruption into the life of Jesus, who was teaching important stuff. 
Jesus didn't take much time out. He says, your sins are forgiven you. It's time to go and pack your bed up and go home. And the guy rolled his bed up and walked home. It's an awesome story. You tell it, you read it very quick. What was happening there was grace in action. Jesus wasn't too busy. He wasn't too distracted. He wasn't saying, I've got better things to do than to deal with this, this guy who's been, you know, disabled for all these years. No, he, with compassion and tenderness of heart, took the time, reached out, and the man walked, and what a story he had to tell. Could you imagine his family when he went, <whistles> walked into the house? I mean, you've got, to, you've got to read the story behind the story sometimes in these things, haven't you, you know? I mean, you... That would have been a shock. What was happening? Grace in action. One more and then I'm through. There was a man dying on a cross next to Jesus. He deserved to die. And he's hanging, hanging there right next door to the Savior. And he stretches out and he said, I deserve to die. You don't. Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus reached out to him with his words, but with his heart, and said, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's grace. Even in his dying moment, in the agony of being nailed to a cross where he was, by the way, because of grace to reach me and you so that we could be saved and become a Christian. And if you're not a Christian today, you need to respond to that grace of Jesus Christ and give him your life and become a Christian. It's, it's your moment. You need to do it. But in that moment when this sinner boy decided to ask God for help, guess what Jesus did? He said today, that's, that's, you'll be with me in pride. That's grace in action. When God, when in your desperate moment, you say, oh God, remember me. And he said, your name is already on my list. <laughs> you know, I don't know what sort of a meeting those two guys had when they got to heaven, Jesus and, and this, this sinner. But I tell you something, he must, he must have thrown himself at the throne of, of God in heaven, don't you think? And said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know, that's what we need to come before the throne of God every day. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're saved, come with thank you, thank you, thank you. Every time you stand in worship, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because we're saved by grace. His grace is sufficient. It's surprising, isn't it? And it's not just saving grace, but it's provision grace. It's healing grace. It's, it's, it's direction grace. It's grace for whatever you need because His grace is sufficient completely sufficient for you and for everything that is ever going to come up in your life this is amazing grace but his amazing grace is sufficient maybe there's somebody here today and firstly you do need to come to jesus christ and accept him as your savior you will find him surprisingly loving Surprisingly accepting, surprisingly full of grace and not judgmental, you will find him to be awesome. I recommend Jesus putting him right at the center of your life, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you'll be saved. There's some people I know that I'm speaking to, and maybe some of you are just sitting at home watching me right now, and God says you thought you were going to earn his favor. You don't, don't even try. 
he has already decided to give you his undeserved favor. The people here, he wants to give you his undeserved favor. You, you might be struggling with some stuff in life right now. It's time to come to God and say, God, I'm giving you that stuff. I'm looking for you to intervene with divine favor in my life. The grace of God is going to intervene. I'm praying for you right now. You might just want to bow your head in prayer as I pray. And I'm praying right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will intervene with divine favor into the lives of every person that is listening to my voice right now, whether they're here at Destiny or they're watching us online. In the name of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. I'm praying that every healing that is needed will come. Every provision that is needed will come. Every direction that is needed will come. Every protection that is needed will come. Every freedom and liberation will come. The, the getting out of the judgment and the coming and living in the grace of God will be the portion of everyone in the name of Jesus be blessed with the favor and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said amen and amen thank you let's stand as we finish our service together and sing Jesus shall take the highest honor Jesus shall take the highest honor And Jesus shall take the highest praise Let all earth join heaven in exalting the name The name which is above all other names by the name Let's bow the knee in humble adoration For at His name every knee must bow Let every tongue confess He is Christ, God's only Son Sovereign Lord, we give You glory Every knee must
Christ, God's only Son. Sovereign Lord, we give you glory now. For all honor and blessing and power belongs to Him. It belongs to blessed by what you've heard amazing grace and surprising grace what a good God we sing to we hope you've been able to give God some worship and glory as well this morning don't forget to join us on Wednesday at five o'clock um, anytime from five o'clock for our celebration of the Queen's Jubilee but until next week everybody we'll see you soon and God bless thank you